Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hello, you're through the books, boys. Who's on the line? This is Ken Everin, author of my debut novel, A Body of Fates. Awesome, Ken. I was I was just chatting with my co-host about the book, and um, I mean, I absolutely love it. I I just finished it Thank there you. today. Um, it's interesting. Sometimes I'll look at a book and I'll I never know how much time to allot. And I I, I thought, oh, the page count is not super long. I could maybe squeeze it into two days. But I actually was really enjoying it, and I decided to savor it a little more and take three or four days to read it because there's a lot going on, and I didn't want to kind of skim over it and, and then it's it, it's over I, I really wanted to kind of take it in it, it's an interesting story nice thank you so i suppose the main thing that i'm i'm curious about is what um amount of this is autobiographical or, or how much of it is you know just a pure work of fiction the story was inspired by a real life tragedy as i say in the foreword the, mm-hmm. the death of my um, then wife my boy's mom when uh, she was very young everything else is fiction and or fictionalized so i it, that event when your life gets derailed like that it created a whole sort of what if and if only questions and um I thought that a very interesting way to explore all those very, you know, human thoughts and emotions would be this idea of connecting it to the ancestral past, to the historical past and and all these, you know, the questions like if I stepped off the curb and the bus went by and I didn't die, what's the difference between that and stepping off the bus and leaving this planet for good or stepping off the curb mm-hmm. and leaving this planet for good. So yeah, that was the inspiration of the story. Um, and you probably saw in the afterward, I, I did note some of the characters that were sort of connected to um, real life characters in in my life. But, you know, the story itself is fictionalized and the mm-hmm. characters are fictionalized. And some of the characters are quite interesting. The, the one that got me was actually the um, the two one legged norms, because I thought well, for, <laughs> for sure this is a pure work of fiction, um, but not quite. <laughs> There is a little nugget of reality behind that. My my uh, wife has um, uh, a relative. Actually, she has two relatives that are one legged, and and they're both named Norm. But they're not. They one is a long past grandfather, um, so they weren't contemporaries, and they mm. they weren't sort of related. And I don't think they ever stood side by side. But I thought it would be a kind of fun and interesting um, thing. And and I did, uh, you know. Like like the little note in the book says, I thought that would be a really cool band name. So if there's any musicians listening out there, like <laughs> go right ahead. <laughs> have you copyrighted that phrase, or are they allowed to use it? <laughs> I I have not. It's it's out there for the world. It's interesting that you're just touching on music because throughout the book we do actually get some little snippets of uh, song lyrics uh, and things, yes. and I, I believe that you hope to actually have a soundtrack put together. Uh, yes, uh, I do. Um, I have some amazingly talented kids, um, well, young men, 18, 19, 21, 
um, and some very good friends who are musicians as well as um, a wickedly talented wife um, who has been singing all her life. Um, oh, wow. Has a claim has a claim to fame of once being on stage at CBGB's in New York. So um, we have this thing in our family that we do. We get together and play a lot of music. And, and uh, so um, the poems and the lyrics of the book are, are from things that I've written in the past. And so what I'm hoping to do is um, draft into service my sons and their young friends and, and have all these teenagers and 20-somethings actually record a soundtrack. Um, mm. We have some very um, talented sort of recording engineer friends and we have access to um, studios if we need it. And so uh, it's a bit of a project and I think it's going to take a while, but uh, I, I hope that, you know, maybe a year from now, I'll be able to re-release the book with this audio companion. Mm. Like that would be so awesome. And also give these young people kind of a leg up in their musical careers, like just yeah. put some stuff out in the world and, and see what happens. It's, it, you know, I don't think there's going to be much, if any singing from, from all us old gray haired people. So um, it, it's going to hopefully, um, you know, launch some careers. That would be my fondest desire. Yeah. It's a fantastic idea, uh, especially with it being collaborative, you know, with your sons and everything as well. But even just the idea of having the soundtrack for the novel is fantastic. And it's not Thanks. not just music, but you actually close the novel with a series of poems as well. Well, I wanted to, at the end of the book, actually give sort of um, a complete uh, uh, sort of compendium of all the song lyrics and poems that mm -hmm. were used either as snippets in, in the book or there were a couple of them that were used um, in, in in their entirety as part mm -hmm. of some of the dream sequences. So, um, but I thought it would be interesting for people to sort of, okay, here's all the poems, here's all the lyrics. Um, and like I said, hopefully uh, a year from now, you'll be listening to all the music that goes along with those poems and lyrics. Fantastic. No, I mean, I love the idea. Um, I actually had a similar idea to do that. The only thing that was lacking for me was being able to write a novel. Um, but, but I always thought it would be a good idea to have a novel with a soundtrack. You know, I made some music and I did some paintings and I thought, wouldn't it be good to do a novel that encompasses all of this? And you kind of have the paintings as illustrations for each chapter and then a song to go with it. And I thought, brilliant. Well, I've got the paintings and I've got the songs. Now, if only I knew how to write a book. <laughs> well, Dean, if you don't, then go find a friend who can write a book, and do your own collaboration. Like, it's a great idea. And obviously, it's not necessarily new. It's stolen from movies and television. Mm. And, you know, there's all kinds of, of examples of people having done this. So, uh, you know, our uh, what we call, you know, the Wove the Poet, the Wove the Poet Collaborative, which I think is a kind of a cool name. Um, uh yeah, we're all pretty stoked at being able to give this a try. And, and oh. you know, if it falls on its face, well, we're okay with that. We, at least we tried. And if it turns into something, so much the better. This, there's no harm done. Um, the only no. thing I would ask is, if you're going to be working on that for the next year, I suppose we're not expecting your second book anytime soon. Well, <laughs> I'm I'm working on it. I do oh, you have... I, oh, yeah. No, I've, I've got... Um, sort of the the rough outline done um and some of the elements of plot and character and things sort of planned um this one would be pure sci-fi um, okay so i'm i'm gonna go um 
you know, into that realm. My, so my like background, you, you, all the stuff that I read since I was a kid, everything from, uh, you know, Ray Bradbury and Robert Heinlein to, mm. to Stephen King, and then on through people like Salman Rushdie and Margaret Atwood and um, uh, John Irving. So I really love this sort of, and especially people like Gabriel Garcia Marquez or Murakami. So sure. that, that sort of interface between sci-fi and speculative and literary fiction. And so I, those are the elements that inspire me and, and kind of, you know, make me ponder stuff on a starry night kind of thing. So that's what I'm hoping to write. So the second one, I'm going to make an attempt at that and um, hope for the best. But yes, it will be a little bit harder to do while we're, you know, working on, mm. on this music. But as I said, most of it's going to fall on these very talented young people. So I'm hoping to sit back and be more like the, the conductor. Supervise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the way to do it. No, I mean, fantastic. So this book obviously bases some stuff on your real life and as we said then obviously fictionalizing the story is that your i have this that i need to say book done and the next book is going to be just purely fictional or will you bring in some some real elements as well i i think um any real elements that come into any any subsequent books will be less so that this mm -hmm. was my you know sort of catharsis and purge to to write this story um one of the things that happens when you go through something like that is you meet a lot of other people who are living personal tragedies or who are having, you know, medical issues and, or dealing with death or loss. And, and so, um, the, the thing that actually finally prompted me to, to get off my ass and actually write the thing was, um, two years later, my, my lifelong best friend died of lung cancer. Oh. And he had always said to me, like, just write, just shut up and write, just write. If you think you can do it, write. Um, and that was uh, 2019. So COVID hit and it's like, oh, I got nothing better to do. So let's take a poke at this. Um, but having said that, yeah, this is kind of it for this particular story and these particular mm -hmm. characters. I, I won't continue on with any of them. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think there'd be a sequel. I feel like this is yeah. a, a complete story you know yeah absolutely and 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 uh, yeah, as you said it's it's not um something that i'm gonna have to touch on again in the future i'm um, i'm actually really looking forward to taking a poke at sci-fi um it, it's one of my first loves uh i think it'll be fun and and boy i yeah. hope i imagine with sci-fi you're gonna be able to have a lot of fun you know you're gonna be able to be very explore because you can put anything in there really i mean i, I guess some people like to keep it somewhat realistic and some people like to go completely wild with it yeah i i think i'm i'm on the and this is metaphor so clearly this is metaphor i think i'm i'm in the let's eat a bag of mushrooms and write a sci-fi camp so that mm. would be my <laughs> my <laughs> metaphorical uh answer for hey i'm just gonna let it fly and see where it goes yeah that that ties us in nicely we because in this novel we do have um a nice scene um, where basically our main characters take a bunch of drugs and have this crazy um, naked hippie experience against the Salvation <laughs> Army. That was the one bit I remember yes. more than anything else. Like, what what's going on there? <laughs> well, I have a question for you. Did it make you laugh? 
It did. Yeah, it did. It did. (laughs) Okay. Well, so purely fiction, totally fiction. It was. But but inspired by actually um, a a real life event, an experience that I had with that best friend that I just mentioned Mm. who passed away of lung cancer in 2019. Um, He and I were a little bit experimental in our youth. And um, we did we did once find a Salvation Army band playing uh, at six o'clock on a, on an Easter Sunday morning. And he did get out and run around them and yell, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. Okay. Uh, didn't, you know, didn't get, didn't get naked and have a bunch of hippies. Uh, no, <laughs> it was, it was very mild and, and probably somewhat disrespectful if I look back at it yeah. from my point of view now. Um, but yeah, I, I thought, you know, let's turn that into humor and, 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 sure. and let's let's let the Salvation Army band have a victory. So I I, I <laughs> laughed while I was writing that. Yeah, so it's, I, a, it's a funny scene. I was really hoping it would make people laugh because I, you know, in, in writing um, anything that that is sort of real life and has elements of tragedy. I mean, real life is funny too. real life mm. is sexy. Real life has these other elements. So I was very much hoping as I sort of swept across these four generations of character to represent kind of all aspects of the life that we all experience. Yeah, I mean, there are funny bits and there are definitely sexy bits um, in this one as well. And I kind of I don't know why I wasn't expecting those. And then they kind of caught me off guard um, because it you're expecting that kind of serious story i suppose based on the the subject matter based on on what's happening and then all of a sudden it's like oh no, there's some funny bits and there's some sexy bits and yeah you're right it, it actually brings real life into it and it makes it more believable and it makes it more real to to real life you know well thank you for that because that was the intention mm. it must have been a tough one to write about but it, you know basically let's let's kind of reset a little bit so the story we have is that We've got a couple, the wife, Deb, you know, she has MS and we get diary extracts at one point as well, but we just get to see how they get together. It's a lovely, you know, story, the way they meet and everything. They they seem to be a, a fantastic match. And then, of course, they, they, they have kids and then they encounter um, this medical difficulty. And it, it does get sad as you read it and you see the problems for the relationship that stem from that, I imagine that it's equally, maybe not equally, but it's difficult for both members of the, you know, of the relationship, even though only one of them has physically got the the health problem. And I think that you put that across very well. And we see the struggles of both people. That again was the attempt. It's Mm -hmm. to show how, you know, when, when a relationship breaks, it's usually both people that get broken. Yeah. And it is it is very sad because, of course, one person's going through a lot and it's almost like she doesn't know how to cope with it. And one of her things seems to be taking it out on the people she loves, which then makes it hard for them as well. And and she's kind of saying, well, I have to put up with this, so I'm going to make your life difficult because that's all she could kind of think to do. And it's a shame, but... It, it, interesting. And, and this is... Um some facts out of medical science that sadly I had to learn about Um, Mm. neurological disorders like MS and Parkinson's and Lou Gehrig's. And some of these are often lumped in a group by doctors um, under a term they call the mean diseases. Right. Um, And what happens is um, 
you know, all of our humanity actually is in this very thin layer of our uh, of of our prefrontal cortex in mm. the brain, and, and often that's the stuff that gets attacked first. So, very very understandably, people that are going through that, they just get pissed off. They're just so angry, um, and a lot of times they they either don't know why they're feeling that way constantly, or it's just a very natural human response that eventually they just sort of lose control of yeah. um, something I did not know or did not understand until we went through this um, and, and then, you know, began to understand it. So I thought, you know, that sort of loss of humanity is, is often not something that people really understand. Um, um, and, and again, to write a good tragedy, like, you know, in that sense, it's, it's it, it, the harsh truth is actually part of what makes it, I think, a really good story, which, again, goes back to, like, let's have some humor. Let's have some sexy bits. Let's have some, mm-hmm. you know, because I think if it was all just dark and tragic, um, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't want to um, read a book that's just um, dark and tragic from the very beginning to the very end. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the characters, I mean, especially David and everything with the alcoholism running the family and everything, they do have dark, tragic pasts. Yes. And it kind of sets it up with, oh, well, now they've got together, everything's happy. But then, of course, no, a new yes. new darkness and tragedy enters. Yes. And, you know, predictably or not predictably, I don't know, but eventually Dave then has an affair. Without, well, without going into any more detail, I don't want to really spoil too much, but that's kind of where he turns to. And, and that's a typical male response to, to, to some extent, which is a shame as well, you know, but... Yes. We're sad creatures at times, aren't we? Yeah, I know. And that's uh, that's where he goes, and which is, is very, very sad. His wife is very, very sick, and that's what he's doing, but it's written in such a way that you also empathize with both of them. Um, and I think that helps to humanize them both. And, and I didn't necessarily judge him too, too harshly, but. <laughs> well, yeah. thank you. Yeah. That was the intent. Um, uh, you know, that while, while Deb was being lost and broken, you know, Dave is being lost and broken, but in his own way, because he's physically fine, but he's, you know, mentally and emotionally just destroyed. So of course mm. he makes some bad decisions, um, you know, and then there's some really delicious sort of um, regret and redemption and, and we won't spoil it, but mm. um, you know, that, that sort of in, in the wrap up towards the end of the book, that's, that's where I wanted to go with the rest of that story. Yeah, and it's fair to say that he's really struggling mentally as well. But again, I don't want to go into too much detail because um, we'd like people to read it. But no, it's fantastic. Let's finish by touching on a couple of other characters because I wanted to ask sure. what what caused you to use the um, the nicknames for Deb's family, for the women, the strong kind of female characters, Catherine the Great and so on. Um, there, there are friends and people in my life in previous generations who just seem to be nothing but nicknames. Um, and I don't know whether that's a generational thing or maybe it's a sports thing or, but in, in, you know, my parents' generation and then the ones before that and the ones before that, I don't know. Everybody seemed to have a nickname. Okay. Um, and that could be just familial idiosyncrasy, who knows, but I thought that that would be an interesting way of, again, sort of humanizing these people. Mm. Like, you know, if somebody gives you a nickname, usually you're you're loved and you're surrounded by people who love you and you have a family. Or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe you're just a 
total asshole and you got a nickname because of that. But it, it again is one of those things I think that humanizes the characters. Yeah, I think I, I would agree. So before I ask our final question, I'm going to first of all say, would you like to tell people where they can go to buy the book or plug your website, something like that? Thank you very much. Yeah, um, uh, on my website, there's a book linker to Amazon, uh, to Barnes and Noble, to Kobo, um, uh, Apple Books, uh, and it's available in in all three formats: so hardback, softback, and um, and ebook. And there will be an audio book that I'm going to do um, cool. probably uh, simultaneously with the uh, with the soundtrack at some mm-hmm. point in time in the future. So that's coming as well. Fantastic. And what is your website? Sorry, it is uh, kenevron.com. Cool. There we go. And I'll put it, I'll put that in the show notes as well. Thank Fantastic. You. So thank you so much for your time and for calling in. And I'll leave you with our last question that we ask all of our authors. If there's yeah. any existing book that you wish you had been the person to write, what would it be? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I think probably it would be um, The Moor's Last Sigh by Salman Rushdie. It's not one of his most popular books. Um, and and I don't know, maybe competing with that would be The Blind Assassin by Margaret Atwood, also Ooh. not one of her most popular books. But both of them are just, they're the kind of books that when I started, I sort of dropped into them like an alternate universe and didn't come back until I finished. It mm. was, you know, and I, I every little moment of reading um i was looking forward to so um probably a double barreled answer would be one of those two and then i would i would crow about it from the rooftops because those books are so good i i have read both authors but i haven't read either of those books so those will be added to my long list of books to get through (laughs) I, I, Dean, I imagine your list is very long. <laughs> it, it is. I, I keep thinking, uh, you know, I buy a quantity of books and I think, right, I'm going to read these. I would love to reset to zero and then go get them. But it never happens because I pick some up. Yeah. People gift me some. People send me some. Or I'm I'm in the, the bookstore and I just buy oh, just five or six today. You know, and there's always about 40 or 50 in the queue. And it, it never seems to get down to about 30 and then another 10 or 20 get added on. So, yeah. Well, I heartily endorse your pastime. Go for it. Read them all. <laughs> thank you. I am. I, I will work my way through as many books as I can in this lifetime. But Ken, thank you so much for calling in. It's been a pleasure. And um, we'll, as I say, we'll put the the website and everything in the show notes. And hopefully, people will uh, go check out the book. Thank you so much, Dean. It has been a pleasure for me as well. Awesome. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hulu.